All of us would benefit from therapy, all of us, all the numbers, everyone on the planet, everyone needs therapy. But really when we're looking at a seven and they really just want to avoid negative feelings pretty much at all cost, um, or avoid like introspection sometimes, cause it hurts seeing the negative side of us. And I think that's where therapy really, someone who's trained in that, like uncovering it and holding space for that is so important for a seven. You're listening to Rebel Heart Radio, hosted by nutritional therapist Cassie Knavel and professional esthetician and makeup artist Genevieve Blair. A lifestyle podcast about clean living, making money, and badass people that inspire us endlessly. We created this podcast to walk through the tough moments of life with you, inspire you to live more intentionally, and frankly, because we like to talk. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure to catch our weekly episode and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have iTunes, we would be forever grateful for your review on our podcast. Let's get to our latest episode. The materials and content within this podcast are for general information and educational purposes only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Welcome everyone back to Rebel Heart Radio. We're super stoked to jump into part three. We did three parts. Oh my gosh. Um, Of our Enneagram deep dive with Enneagram coach Jess Gertner. And we're stoked to have her back on the podcast. And today we get to cover five through eight, which you know I'm excited about. No, five through nine. There are nine types. Um, (laughs) Oh my gosh. The nines out there are going to be like, they're going to be like, you forgot about, we should redo the intro. Oh my gosh. Um, no, I am very excited. I just get excited because I want to be included too. And yeah. I've been very patient, okay? I'm used to hearing about my type first as an eight. So here we are. <laughs> so now's your time. We'll, it's we'll my get time, there. people. We'll get there. I've been waiting. No, I, I'm just trying. <laughs> <laughs> I should have to wait. It's okay. I can be patient. Something it's I've a been, good it's a good practice for it's you a, it's an excellent practice for me so <laughs> anyways welcome back to the podcast Jess we're really excited to have you and we appreciate you being here thank you it feels like my second home by now so oh we're yay. good we're good <laughs> so yeah so I guess today we talked so much when whenever anyone asks me to speak about the Enneagram it's like yeah originally we set up like an hour and I'm like no no, no, we need, we need longer than an hour. Now I know better, especially because of our experience that I just can't like condense this important information. And no down. one is asking you to. This okay. podcast is not asking you to no do that. No one put that on me because it's <laughs> impossible. It's impossible. And our audience knows that brevity is not our thing. So that if they're here <laughs> listening, then they know. I would okay. much rather have depth. And then, yeah. you know, the folks who are listening to learn about either the whole Enneagram or their number or their partner's number or their mom's number, <laughs> you yes. know, be able to walk away feeling like they've got a pretty good cursory, um, you know, understanding of the whole thing and be able to apply it to their lives. And I want to be, I want us to be a resource for that. So detail is our friend. Yes. So are you guys ready? Like, do you want to just... <laughs> I am. We're ready. Can we jump me. in? I want to learn about some fiveness. Okay. I was like, my husband's a five. Let me have it. I know. Yes. We're going to... This is... There's going to be a lot of ad-libbing in this particular episode. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> He's like, Jess, your husband's a five too. So we got two oh my husband gosh. fives. So oh, many geez. fives in my life. Um, And I actually... <laughs> so I know a lot of males that are fives. Mm. Um, But... And I don't... Or from what I've heard, there's not... I mean, of course, there is a lot of female fives out there, but mm-hmm. um, it's not common in, like, I guess my social circle for the most part, though I do have some really amazing, like, team members on my beauty counter team that are fives. And it's so Ooh. interesting because we're going to talk about the five. The five is the investigative thinker, and they really, really crave knowledge, and they really, really are drawn to, like, mental analysis. And I think that's the cool thing about something like beauty counter because you guys – I mean, you guys – understand it's like Mm -hmm. so there's so much you can know and so much you can learn so we've I've attracted quite a few very healthy fives um and coaching them because as you guys will know the five strong point isn't necessarily social interaction 
and I mean, obviously, every five is going to be different, and one-on-one versus like group settings will make a big impact on that. But um, coaching them through, like, okay, I have all this knowledge, but like, what do I do with it? Because a five, as we're going to dive into, they just want the knowledge to want the knowledge, right? Like, they just feel like there's not enough time in all the world to know all the things that they want to know, right? Mm-hmm. So that is like the, the the balance for a lot of fives is like learn, 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 but then you got to go out and do sometimes. Now I mean, what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now what? What do you do with that information? So that's just a little extra blurb about a five. Um, five, like I said, they're the investigative thinkers. And so what you're going to see with the five is they're going to be very perceptive. Like they're kind of those people that are hanging back in a, if they are in a group setting, should they choose to be in one, they're probably hanging off to the side. Maybe they're talking with like one or two people. And a lot of the times they're just observing. They're like observing the room. They're kind of picking up on things that other people might not necessarily pick up on. Um, and not for any other purpose in that the fact that they're just curious. They're curious about people. They're curious about the way people are relating to each other. So they're very perceptive. They're very innovative. Um, they can be secretive and oftentimes isolated. Um, there's a, an anecdote about fives and it's, if everyone's, all of us start off with our day, we're like a little iPhone and we start off with a hundred percent battery, right? We all wake up and we're like, well, for the most part, we wake up, we're chipper, we're ready to go. We've got a hundred percent to give this day. The fives actually start off with like 5%. They wake up and they're like, okay, I have to people today. And it's really, it's not necessarily like physical energy, but it's like the energy to, interact socially essentially so that is like something that's really really crucial for you to know if you are a five or if you have a close relationship with a five they are very protective of their time and their resources um and that's and that's why essentially because their core fear is of being annihilated and annihilated in the sense of like they have nothing left to give like they will have, they will literally be at zero. That's their core Massive fear. Massive depletion. Massive depletion. Mm-hmm. Um, they fear being ignorant. They fear being invaded, like their space, their time, all of it. Um, they feel, fear being incapable, not existing, or having obligations placed on them. So mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you might see with the five, my husband does this all the time. He's, someone will be like, you want to like get together and do something? He's like, ah, we'll see. I'll let you know. And like, no, he does not want to. Like, <laughs> he's just not saying he doesn't want to, but it's just not probably not going to happen. Um, and so, like, that is their core fears. Their core desire is to be capable and competent, which that's that's totally a great thing to desire. But again, as we've talked about in all of the episodes before, that can deteriorate into like really useless specialization. And to the outside, I it might look like useless specialization. To them, it's like, I, I need to know everything there is to know about quantum physics. And they're like not a quantum physicist. They're like a librarian or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but like they can get really sucked down into that rabbit hole of like, I need to know all there is to know about this particular topic. And maybe it's not like real world applicable. So their self-image, they want to be seen as intelligent they're very private, introspective, curious, quiet, and knowledgeable. Um, I think some of the, like famous fives are like Bill Gates. Um, I think mm. Steve Jobs was a five. Um, so very like brilliant people if they can funnel their mental energy into like productive production essentially. That's so interesting. My husband, we've always nicknamed him as a nicknamed him as the MacGyver because he can like. He can channel all this knowledge that mm-hmm. he's got into doing the craziest things. This one time, <laughs> I have to tell you the story because it makes sense. Like you think about Bill Jobs and or Bill Jobs, Bill Gates and Steve <laughs> just Jobs. put them together. They're one superhuman. The they're they're the same person. No, just kidding. Uh, but he was on a river raft on a like a really slow river raft trip, and I was pregnant with my first. He his raft got a hole in it, and it was just him and his buddy. And they were in the middle of nowhere because they had to go to point A to point B. That's where the cars were. And it got dark and they didn't have their phones with them. And I'm thinking my husband died on the river. And here I am pregnant with my first baby. So my hormones are all over the place. And I was an absolute mess. I mean, we had friends out looking for them. And finally, at about 10 p.m., we happened upon them. And they had he had taken he had gum in his mouth (laughs) and he took his drawstring off of his swim shorts 
and stuck the gum in the hole and then wrapped the shoestring around the whole thing to keep it blown up. And it was still slow leaking, so they had to stop every now and then to blow it up. But that's how they made it out. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, I mean, that's I was like, like, what? That's the perfect example. Like, you, five's knowledge becomes useless, use, useful when it's, you need it to become useful. It's like, I will ask yeah. my, if I want my husband on that, like, phone a friend line 100%. Yeah. Like, he will be the first one, one I'm calling because it's like, he's read every book that there is to know. And another, like, anecdote about fives is um, that you might see, like, their nightstand have, like, 12 books that they're currently reading. They're reading them all at the same time, right? And so mm. that might be, you might be a five if you have you might be f- <laughs> more than five books on your nightstand this that you're like currently reading. the Jeff Foxworthy version of the Enneagram. You <laughs> might oh be gosh. a five That'd if. be amazing. Seriously, That'd though. be a great series. Yeah, that would be hmm, thoughts. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the fives—they're just full of knowledge, and that's their jam. And we all—we all are curious for the most part in mm-hmm. human beings, but like fives take it to a whole another level. So with that, their weakness is what we call avarice, and that's like greed. But really, what that means is they feel like they lack the inner resources and that that everyone else has and that too much interaction with others will lead to this like catastrophic depletion this really causes them to withhold themselves and be very cautious especially when it comes to like social contact Um, and they really hold on to their resources and minimize their own needs because they're afraid of this like catastrophic depletion Um, and they're They're like the ultimate minimalists uh, oh yeah from at least i've noticed with my husband he doesn't he doesn't need knickknacks he doesn't need stuff he doesn't want stuff it you know like it's really interesting that's my husband to a t like Mm -hmm. he probably hates me because i'm like i want fluffy blankets and pillows and i want it to be cozy and comfortable and he's like i just need a chair to sit in (laughs) 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 so um and their core longing is to hear that their needs are not a problem So that's the five in a nutshell. They're going to be analytical, like I said, persevering, very sensitive, actually. Um, They they seem on the surface to be the most unemotional of all the numbers. They can be very objective when looking at an issue that, like, maybe, you know, all three of us actually might look at it and be like, oh, my gosh, there's a lot of feeling behind this. A five would just be like, hey, let's take the feeling out of this and, like, look at it objectively. Um, but yes. they actually are very mm-hmm. sensitive. I mean, they're sensitive to that, but like they're able to take their emotions out, out of the equation a lot. Does that make I sense? I found my husband, yeah, he's he is aware, like uh, acutely aware of his feelings, but doesn't look at it as he, he takes more of like a 30,000 viewpoint of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've always admired that about him is that he always is really like, I felt like he was always internally looking at himself. But I think it's just because like you were saying, he... He's sensitive to his feelings, but doesn't, it's more like what he does with it that Mm -hmm. has been really helpful for me to learn is that he can look at it from this, like, why am I feeling this way? Like he, he always talked about how he would have these conversations with himself of like, wow, why am I feeling like that? And I'm like, how do you do that intuitively? (laughs) Like I've had to learn how to do that, you know? Yeah. And that's, I think that's, you know, Jen, like being a two and being actually the considered to be the most emotional of the numbers being with a five at first can sometimes feel and I'm the same way nines are very emotional as well and Mm. being with a five at first was like oh my god he doesn't love me like or like he's not (laughs) engaging with me in this argument like what's going on like he doesn't even care enough to fight about this and it was a lot (laughs) of our like our headbutting in the beginning was like can you, are you, are you in there? Like, do you have feelings? And once I started diving into the Enneagram, I realized it's like, no, he brings this incredible balance to our relationship and he keeps me from spinning out of control essentially. Yeah. I always admired, I I could not understand how my husband could be such so calm headed when Mm -hmm. I was like in the stratosphere with my emotions. (laughs) And I was like, teach me, how do you do this? Like, I, I really admired that. And it's funny, coming to the Enneagram in uh, what was like our almost 13th year of marriage, we'd been together a long time mm-hmm. by the time we found the Enneagram. And it's like, there was so much that we were figuring out about each other. And then when the Enneagram came along in my life, it was like, all of a sudden, it went, I went, oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense for you and a lot of sense for me. Mm-hmm. Because he was able to look at arguments so analytically and I was looking at it so emotionally that 
it, I, it was difficult for me to wade through things and things to always took way longer because I was like, okay, I'm getting out of control. Like I need to like, <laughs> give me a second, <laughs> me, like, bring myself down. And so like, I had to like, kind of like talk myself out of being so out of control because we couldn't get through any arguing. We couldn't get through any discussing because my emotions would ramp up so high. But I, I did. I learned a lot from that. And it's, it's interesting. You said in the beginning, you guys' marriage that you were like, you don't even care enough to argue with me. <laughs> my husband is kind of the opposite. He wants to, and I think he views arguing as data mm. and he will dig. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> like, like, I'm just like, I'm to the, I'm to the point of like, I, I understand. Like I'm so like versed <laughs> when you get to your mm. 14th year of marriage, you're like, okay, we need to talk about this. And we're not going to like, we're not going to stop until we can talk about this like from a calm perspective. Mm-hmm. And I, that was really hard for me at first because I didn't know how to quantitate like, like what I was feeling classic too. I couldn't talk about things and he was able to be like, Hey, this is something that we need to discuss and like calmly walk me through it. I mean, I would mm-hmm. be practically yelling and he would just be like, so calm. And I'm just like, <laughs> you're like, you're like a Jedi. Like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> well, and we're going to get to that too. But when fives are healthy, they actually go towards an eight. And so if he's in a healthy position, he might be able to step into a much more like calm assertiveness, um, mm-hmm. some like confidence there mm-hmm. um, in a situation like that. So, makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Um, but on the flip side, out of fives, worse, they're going to be intellectually arrogant, which. Tim, I hope you're not listening, but that can happen sometimes. We have an argument. And he's like, but like you would just tell he would never say, but like you don't know as much as I know about this thing. But basically, he's like, I read five books on the subject. This is not a worthy argument. So like stuff like that. Um, they can be stingy. They can be a little stubborn, distant, critical of others, unassertive, and oftentimes cynical. So um, those are some things to look out for when a five is not necessarily in a healthy position. So that's the five at their best and their worst. And now jumping into the wings for a five. So again, like just a quick reminder, wings are the numbers on each side of your main number. And so a five can have a four wing, which we call the iconoclast, which means they tend to be more creative, more humanistic, a lot more sensitive, empathetic, um, and maybe more like drawn to the arts in terms of like wanting knowledge they're going to have that creative side that sometimes can get lost with a very analytical five um Mm -hmm. and then a five with a six wing is going to be called the problem solver um i think tim my husband has a a, a four wing and he's very like i can't decide with mine well let me tell you about the the six the problem solver is going to be more extroverted he's going to be very loyal a little bit more anxious skeptical cautious and tend to be more interested in the sciences I like to think fives make amazing five with a six wing make amazing like doomsday preppers because mm-hmm. they're like analytical and they're looking at like how to solve problems you know also a six with a five wing on the flip side um but um again if I am tending to look more at like introvert versus extrovert um yeah. five with a four wing is going to probably be a little bit more introverted and five with a six wing is going to be a little bit more extroverted is it possible to be really balanced? And I was have... just going to ask that. Yes, because it is. I cannot decide. So my husband's a sculptor. He's mm. an amazing artist. He makes knives. He like, but as he's getting older, I think he might kind of lean towards the six wing a little mm-hmm. bit more because he's always been very artistic and um, in touch with his emotions, like, and a little more but he as he's getting older i think he's shifting towards the six wing Mm -hmm. but he still has pieces of that four wing that are part of him that i'm like i can't decide i think he's literally (laughs) right smack down the middle yeah you can you can have balanced wings wing dominance Mm -hmm. dominance exists on a spectrum and so um and i do think you can shift that throughout your lifetime Mm -hmm. like i i used to be a nine with a one wing i think pretty strongly like in my early years and now it shifted to an eight wing so i do think it can definitely shift and it can be balanced like throughout your life as well so Mm -hmm. yeah very interesting things so fives when they're healthy they're going to take on the best qualities of an eight and they're going to become more self-confident more decisive they're going to a truly healthy five really needs physical activity because they spend so much time in their head 
um, and they, they're happy mm. to do that like 100% of the time, that they can become really, really out of t- touch with their body. Um, the way mm. they're feeling, their their physical health, um, and they're actually happier people when they do have some sort of regular physical activity. Um, yep. So that's, that's important. So true for mine. Important for a five. Um, and then when they're again when they're healthy, they're just going to learn to trust their own instincts more and become more assertive. You know, because we saw that they can tend to become like passive. Um, mm, yeah. So when they're healthy, that's not so much the case. When they are unhealthy. They're actually going to move to the unhealthy side of a type seven. So you're going to see a lot of hyperactive, like scattered attention. They're going to be like maybe reading one book, then reading another book and, you know, chasing one thing down and then switching gears. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Like, you know, they're just kind of like, and they're not really sure where to direct their mental energy. Um, and they can take on new projects kind of impulsively and they're just seemingly unfocused and somewhat distracted. So that's when they're under stress. Oh, so interesting. Accurate? Yeah, accurate. Yeah, accurate. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, and Cassie- I know my husband, he listens. So he's going to oh, listen to this and be like, just, uh, <laughs> can you just not say too much? That'd be great. <laughs> Cassie, do you know any fives? Uh, me when I'm unhealthy. <laughs> oh, are you nodding no, along I- with some of this? Yeah. So one yeah. of the things that I, I, I made sure that I did in the last year of personal growth was really get to know the unhealthy side of a five really well to mm-hmm. kind of see those warning signs in myself. Mm-hmm. Um, because Super as smart. we will talk about more with you in a little bit, like eights move toward five in times mm-hmm. of stress and disintegration. And I noticed the, um, the energy management thing, kind of avoiding social situations because I wake up feeling like if I will... If I socialize, I will not have anything left for the people that I love at the end of the day mm-hmm. um, or myself. And that actually was ringing pretty true for me at the early part of 2019. And then and, you know, kind of like we talked about um, in, in previous episodes that we were covering the Enneagram. I, you know, is that different language around burnout, basically, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm, adrenal yeah. fatigue or, you know, kind of that energy management piece. And then also, um, you know, coming at it from a place where I see myself being very scatterbrained and not keeping commitments well and jumping from one thing to the next. And so the five, like looking at the unhealthy side of a five led me to look at the, the seven, right? Mm-hmm. A five moving mm-hmm. to a seven and kind of exploring that too. And I have that wing as a possibility too, mm-hmm. as an eight, which was really interesting. So oh, interesting. it just reminded me mm-hmm. how nuanced the Enneagram is mm-hmm. <laughs> and how, you know, we have every bit of every number inside of us and there's always a path to kind of get to each number for the most part, it, mm-hmm. at least from my, you know, an educated perspective. I like to be, I, I consider myself a student of the Enneagram, I guess I would say. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, You're not an advanced student. advanced student. An advanced student. <laughs> uh, I don't know how to be any other kind of student. I'm an eight. <laughs> intensity uh, <laughs> yes but you know it was so it, it just learning all of this stuff has been so impactful for me um but to answer your question and circle back around I do know a couple of fives I don't have any fives that I have like directly in my periphery I have a couple on my beauty counter team um and they are my information driven humans mm-hmm. on the team and they do a lot of driving to like share information um they love books and you know that really rings true I think Mm -hmm. both of these these ladies that I know are that are fives have like stacks and stacks of books (laughs) on their nightstands and are always telling me what book I need to read Mm -hmm. um and I love being told what to do so (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah it's you know it's really interesting I I think I tend to avoid fives because I've seen that in myself and I'm like, nope, mm. can't have that perpetuated, <laughs> which is not, you know, a good reason to do that. But I've kind of noticed myself like backpedaling a little bit and being like, mm-hmm. nope, this is scary. I well, just it's figured like, this it's out. It's a mirror. It's just like the Enneagram is such a mirror to our, like what we're going really, through and what we're working really on. Is. Yeah. So it's like, there's nothing wrong with fives. Obviously they're no, lovely, wonderful human beings. But Incredible. Like, when we see like see kind of put up like a quick boundary or something like oh it's usually like you said like I'm working through something and I see that in this person and it's really hard it's hard yeah (laughs) and I I mean that's been seeing I have quite a few unhealthy eights in my life like but I've put up some pretty hard and fast boundaries with those people this last year in learning about this stuff because 
I just was like, you know what? I can't, I can't. And the most unappealing part of the Enneagram to me is the unhealthy version of my own number. Mm. And I think that's probably true for for a lot of people. Yeah. um, Because you kind of see, you know, the worst in, in the possibility of the worst in yourself. Mm -hmm. And you look at, I mean, and, and that's something we all kind of fear and avoid anyway. You know, it's that mirror, like you said. I think a lot of times when we get super frustrated with a quality in another person is because we almost fear that quality in ourselves mm. or and or see it actually mm-hmm. in ourselves. And there's mm-hmm. a projection there that we're very uncomfortable with. 100%. I think that's, yeah. that's so, fact. Let's get uncomfortable, people. <laughs> okay. Our fives, our wonderful fives. Um, we're drawn up on the end of the five, but the important thing to know about them, their unconscious childhood message. Again, just a quick reminder, unconscious means they either did really hear this or they thought they heard this or they weren't really even ever thinking about it, but it's just a message that's, that stuck with, stuck with them through childhood. And the fives. I really love this yeah. verbiage around here because I really don't enjoy the other verbiage I hear in the community. So like the childhood wound piece yeah. is, is, and we've called it that, mm-hmm. um, but it's really hard to talk about it from that perspective. Thinking yeah. of myself as a parent, because yeah. I'm like, I'm going to wound my child. This is terrible. <laughs> And my four mom is like, every parent wounds their children. And I was like, <laughs> oh gosh. My mom, she's just, Take she, the dark she's side. very comfortable. Yeah, she knows. I mean, and for the most part, when we as parents are in a healthy place, we're never intentionally trying to hurt our no. children, right? It's no. just, it's because no. of our own, we're all works of progress and we're all dealing with things, our own past and our own, like it's this cycle, right? And sometimes mm-hmm. we don't get it right, right away. And we're always working on it. So it's these things that we can pass on really unintentionally to our children, right? Well, um, there's a, the immaturity factor in children. It's like, you can't make them mature faster to see the reality of something. And so they're going to perceive things a certain way, right. whether you it's there or not, like the reality of mm-hmm. it's there or not, they perceive it a certain right. way. And that's just part of developing as a human being, you know? Right. And and that's what the, these messages that are particular to each type, it's because the a five child, right? Like my husband, when he was a kid, for example, he's wearing his five lens already. It's there. And maybe it's not like quite so obvious, but like this is just the way he is perceiving his like childhood experience, his parents, yeah. his relation to his siblings, things, things of that nature. So, you know, if he had, he has siblings and they're all various different numbers, they're all going to go through the same experience, but they're going to perceive it differently. They're going to hear something differently from that experience. Yeah. Does that make sense? That's why I love, yeah, that's why yeah. I love the verbiage of how you described it. Yeah. So the five's unconscious childhood message is that it's not okay to be comfortable in the world. And I wouldn't get too hung up on these because sometimes we're just not even in touch enough to like fully know if that's what we really heard. So sometimes people will be like, well, I'm not a five because I didn't feel that way. Um, again, that, that might take years to kind of work through. So don't get too caught up in resonating with that. Um, but the five's growth path. So where we can really see a five like come into their own is when they start to connect again to their bodies and to their feelings, because they usually get their confidence and their self-image and their self-worth through the development of their minds. When they can become a more well-rounded human, realizing that they have a physical body and that emotions are okay, (laughs) they can become a much more like fuller, vivid person version of themselves so Mm, I love that yeah fives are my husband went to um therapy went to family therapy in his really formidable years and we always talked about how we felt like that really shaped who he was as a human being because he was given the permission to give um a full description of his feelings Mm -hmm. at a really formidable age and it stuck with him in the best way that's amazing that's great probably is leading to i mean he's ahead of the game for most fives yeah yeah. so for how to work with fives this is again within professional personal relational some some things you want to know is be independent and not clingy okay that was when we when my husband and i first got together i was like the opposite of independent um i had a lot of growth to do too but um that's one thing that you want to be aware of um speak in a brief and straightforward manner again i am the opposite 
of oh, ger- same, girl. <laughs> I was like, that I'm was like, not me. Let's I'm sit down and talk that. about all of our feelings and like let's set aside an hour to do that. My husband's like, no, we can get that done in five minutes. And we always <laughs> joke that I tell the full story and then get to the point at the very end. He's like, Can you just flip that and just tell me the point and then give me the details? And I'm like, That's not how that works. It's not a good story that way. And he's just like, No, no, the, the just you'll lose me. And I'm uh, like, it depends on how long it is. <laughs> True. I, I know and it's usually like not that long but if it's enough for him because he's data collecting as I'm telling the story but to him it's not relevant to the point he's like just tell me the point and then we'll like <laughs> work backwards anyway. yeah it's it is this is the thing these are things for fives um mm-hmm. also realize that like fives actually need a lot of alone time to process their feelings and thoughts so like again back when we were newlyweds like Tim would need alone time and a lot of fives will have like their own space even within their own home like they may have a man cave or an office that they really enjoy spending time in, or even just one chair where they're like this is my chair this is where I go to be alone so realize that that is something they really do need um and again like if you're in a romantic relationship know that like it's not a a testament to like the fact that they don't love you or want to be around you they just need more time to recover than most of us do um also realize they don't like surprises they don't like intrusion oh intrusions on their privacy <laughs> too many emotions so needy true. people or obligations <laughs> so oh, yeah keep that in mind yeah my husband was like if you ever throw me a surprise birthday party I don't know what I will do. Like, I will leave. And I'm like, okay, noted. I know. I know. I had friends. My husband's birthday is New Year's Eve, right? So mm-hmm. that just happened recently. We had these wonderful friends that throw a New Year's Eve party. And they're like, we're going to, like, throw a surprise thing for him at the party. But we go to their New Year's Eve thing pretty much every year. And I was just like, so I don't know if he's really going to enjoy <laughs> the surprise aspect of it. Can I can I tell him that they want to acknowledge your birthday and then we just don't tell him what that is? Like that's a, that's enough of a surprise that it's fun, but it's like he's prepared that he's going to be in the spotlight like cuz otherwise I don't think he's going to come. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. Take that yeah. into consideration. Um and then the last couple just answer all their questions calmly. They need information to feel safe. Know know that. And then don't be offended if they don't want to socialize. They just really have limited people energy. So, again, lots of things that I'm sure you and I, Jen, have had to work through with five husbands. But considering my type is called the hostess, (laughs) that was a challenge for me. Yeah. (laughs) So, but it's good. It's good. You're doing it. 13, 14 years later, you're still still in it. We're doing it. So that's the five. He's, he's a social five. There you so go. I can't wait to hear about that. There you so. go. Oh, we, we're not talking about subtypes today, but no, mm. no, we'll dig into subtypes later. We can do a whole nother episode on subtypes. Oh my gosh. It gets deep guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's our, our little fives. Um, and then next we're rounding out our last, wait, three. Yes. Our last three. Six is the loyal guardian. So sixes are engaging. They're very responsible people. They can look a little anxious. They can also be kind of suspicious, but they're really funny, oftentimes very like sarcastic um, social people in the sense of like they believe in the power of like a group to do like amazing things. So their core fear is actually fear itself. They really struggle with fear Um, and it will manifest itself in a lot of different ways. And again, when you get into like subtypes and deep deeper nuances some sixes won't look like sixes because they are perhaps like counterphobic six where like instead of running away from fear they are from like things that scare them they actually charge ahead um and so there's nuances even within the six so their core fear is mm. fear itself um being without support or guidance being alone blamed targeted or physically abandoned Their core Mm. desire is to have security, guidance, and support, which is all good things, but that can deteriorate into a really strong attachment to their belief system. So they might have a hard time admitting when these beliefs no longer serve them, or maybe they're not all they cracked up to be, they're they're cracked up to be um, once they start to learn more. So they're more, yeah, they're just more attached to those ideals. Um, Their self-image, it can really depend on the context, but they're going to be more prepared dedicated Mm -hmm. they want to be seen as dutiful hardworking, loyal compliant submissive to authority and there's a caveat here they have to trust the authority because if they don't trust the authority they're not going to be submissive at all they can actually be very rebellious Um, amen sixes yeah yeah Mm -hmm. 
I go to a six. <laughs> I go to a six when I'm unhealthy, and we'll talk about those unhealthy characteristics. But I can really. I thought I was a six the first time I ever took the enneagram, um, mm-hmm. and but it's all connected, right? Because nines go to six when they're unhealthy, and they go to threes when they're healthy. So once you start to learn, like you can see why these certain numbers show up in your tests quite frequently, depending on where you are at any point in your life. Um, and their core weakness is anxiety. And it's not to say that all sixes are anxious, and it's not to say that sixes are the only number on the Enneagram that deal with anxiety. We know that for a fact is not true, but this is their kind of like major struggle, their main struggle. Um, And it comes a lot from they're constantly like scanning and preparing for worst case scenarios in their mind. So that's where the anxiety comes from. Um, Their core longing is to hear that they are safe. That is, yeah. Do you guys have sixes in your lives? Yeah, one of my very best friends is a six. Mm. And it, it's been really funny um, learning more about this because <laughs> I, I adore her. She's one of my favorite people. And she's um, when I said, hey, I would love for you to look into this. I think that this could be really helpful for you. And I think you would enjoy it because she loves personality mm-hmm. tests, too. Um, we were texting and it was super late at night. And she took it. She took a test because she she preferred to test and diving into the info super fast. And she was like, I'll just dig into it after I kind of get my bearings. And she was like, I'm not a six. I'm definitely not a six. I'm, I am not anxious. And I was like, and then she, and then we text back and forth for the next like hour. And she went ping pong back and forth and was like, I don't know, maybe I am a six. And then it turned into like, she started to get really anxious about it. And I was like, you're definitely a six. I'm just saying, I'm not typing you because you're supposed to type yourself. But, (laughs) but we went back and forth. And um, what's been really lovely about getting to know um, her on that spectrum through this lens is that uh, she has so many wonderful strengths. Like the, I've heard them also being called the loyalist Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and she is a fierce friend. Like, oh yeah, man, fierce friend. Like she's, she to the point where I feel like, I'm like, man, I, I wish I had more sixes in my life because <laughs> they're so supportive and um, they work really hard to just make things work. Like that makes sense. Oh, like, I don't know how to totally put that in any other way. Well, let's just dive into their best qualities, sh- sh- shall we? Like at let's their best. Do it. They're loyal, they're super likable, very prepared, mm-hmm. they're trustworthy, compassionate, witty, practical, supportive, and responsible. Absolutely and, all true. Yeah, and sixes, like, they're those most, a lot of sixes, I'll say a lot, um, they are the ones who, like, still are close with their friends from high school, right? Like, I don't have any mm-hmm. friends, really, from, like, high school anymore, but, like, sixes, like, once you're their person, like... Unless you do something just terribly, terribly like wrong, you're their person. Like you're gonna be yeah. be in it kind of a lot like eights. You know, like once mm. you're in their inner circle, like they're gonna protect you. Um, and at their worst, sixes can be hyper vigilant, dependent. Again, kind of like goes in hand in hand with like really being dedicated and loyal friends. Like there can be some codependency mm-hmm. there. They can be unpredictable, judgmental, paranoid, defensive, rigid self-defeating and self-doubting so i i the sixes that i work with a lot of the the conversations that we have are around fear and anxiety and doubt that they have what it takes to do xyz because already like for instance if it's i don't know learning a new skill or starting a business they've already gone in their mind 20 steps ahead to what could happen and why this is not a good idea because they don't have XYZ figured out yet and blah, blah, like all this stuff that I, I don't, I mean, I go there when I'm unhealthy. Right. But for the most part, my default is like, let's just try and see what happens. Like, I don't want to think about like what could happen, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so those are our our sixes, good and bad. Um, and their wings are, they can have a five wing and they can have a seven wing. So the six with a five wing is called the defender. They're going to be a little bit more introverted, intellectual, cautious, heightened, a lot, a little bit more anxiety, but they're also going to be more focused, paranoid, and standoffish. Mm-hmm. So that is a six with a five wing. Uh, my brother-in-law is a six with a five wing. No, yes, six with a five wing. Um, <laughs> and six with a seven wing is called the buddy. So they're going to be more extroverted, materialistic, sociable, playful, funny, energetic, active, and impulsive. So they're going to take on mm-hmm. a lot of those mm-hmm. like fun qualities of a seven. That is my brother-in-law. Ooh. Is he, he's a, he's a fun guy. Super witty. <laughs> super, super witty. That's awesome. And just like, he's the one who will throw like a one-liner in out of nowhere. And you're just, you're literally on the floor dying. Like, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. 
um but super super loyal Mm -hmm. um close friends are guys like he literally went to high school with Mm -hmm. all of his close friends for the most part um and the loyalty is there sometimes when it shouldn't be (laughs) you know you're just like okay you're keeping that person around still cool yeah yeah (laughs) interesting (laughs) choice there can be a lot of merging there right because they're they're Mm -hmm. so invested and they feel like again like they don't want to be abandoned um Mm -hmm. by the support system that that create they've created so sixes really have to learn it's a hard lesson to learn is like when to put up boundaries and when to let go and when to you know they're they're holding on for the 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 bitter end for the most part and my this is my my husband's brother and my husband josh is a is a nine and so he relates a lot to sixes Mm -hmm. um (laughs) as do you Mm -hmm. and you know, he can see when his brother is in not a super healthy place because that's where he goes mm-hmm. when he's, you know, toward um, disintegration or, you know, kind of unhealth himself. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, super interesting. Well, let's talk about that. When a six is healthy, they're going to take on the best qualities of a type nine. So they're going to become more relaxed. So he's actually going to become more like y- your husband. Yep. More relaxed. And they're a lot alike. Yeah, right now, that's great. good. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. They're going to become more relaxed, more optimistic. They're going to be able to empathize with others and not cling so like tightly to their like belief system, Um, really take on compassion. They're going to take life a lot less seriously. And it's really going to free up their energy to do whatever it is that they that they want to do. It's going to take a lot of that anxiety and doubt and fear out of the equation. Um, when they're under stress, however, they're going to move to the unhealthy side of a type three. So you may see some competition, some arrogance kind of bubbling to the top of the surface. They may, may try to avoid, avoid the anxiety that they're feeling by just becoming more busy. They're just going to start filling their time with things that they think are that on the surface appear important, but that aren't really important. Um, mm. And they're going to be reluctant mm-hmm. to try anything new if they think failure is a possibility. So those are your sixes mm-hmm. in growth and stress. Yeah, That's they don't they don't fail. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it they really don't. I mean, it's it's a like a double-edged sword because they've analyzed it and they the playing the odds. Like if it's the odds are not in my favor, I'm not going to do it, right? But like Yeah. That's where we know right? That the magic happens in life is when yeah. you say yes to things that you don't have all the answers to and you don't know what's going to happen. you build a parachute yeah. on the way down. Sixes don't do that. Sixes <laughs> okay, already have the parachute. They've, they're have they prepared. <laughs> so I have a question for yeah. you. Yeah. And this is so great because I I'm, I need a coaching moment from you. Okay. And this is how people can see how they can get some coaching from you. Okay. How do Let's I do coach a six well? Oh, yes. So I actually, this is actually top of mind because I just had a coaching call with a six. Um, And this was one of my, she's not on my team. She's actually a friend. Um, And we were talking, she wasn't sure if she was a six. And sixes also might have a little bit of like doubt around seeing that they're a six, like Jen, you you mentioned. Um, But like the thing with sixes is they have to, you have to, encourage them strongly to take action um, before they know the answers because you know for instance if we're talking about beauty counter for example and they're like well I just I'm afraid that my friends and family are going to say something I'm afraid I'm going to look stupid I'm afraid I don't know all the answers and they've already gone this rabbit hole that like I'm not going to be successful because I don't have xyz really what you can challenge them to do is to do first and then like see it's like the it's like the what's the therapy term for it it's like where you're afraid of spiders but you hold the spiders so that you become like more oh desensitized yeah desensitized (laughs) um sixes need to become desensitized to those feelings of anxiety kind of in a situation I mean obviously these are safe situations this is not like we're exposed to yeah exposed Mm -hmm. to it um it's not like we're challenging them to do something that's going to like severely harm them it's really like them being able to like for instance like i'm afraid to post on social media that i actually work with beauty counter and you're walking them through that and being like what's the worst thing that can happen and sometimes it's going through the rabbit hole with them because our tendency is to want to be like no 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 like let's just not even go there like don't worry about it like it's fine and that's one of the worst (laughs) things you can do for a six is to brush off their very real concerns right Mm -hmm. like these are very very real to them um so listen 
empathize, maybe go down the rabbit hole. And the game I like to play with some sixes is, okay, and then what? Like, if they're like, okay, what if I lose my, what if I lose my job or whatever? And okay, like, what if you do lose your job? Like, what would happen? And usually when you get to the end, it's not like, yeah, it's bad, but it's, it's not that bad. It's never as bad as the imagination. Right. Right. And it's asking a lot of questions like, okay, well, what if my family, you know, disowns me for being a part of beauty counter or something crazy? Well, not crazy. I take that back. Something that feels unrealistic to me. Um, and mm-hmm. then I say, well, what if they do? Like, what would that tell you? You know? And to me, it's like, they, they're they not, like, accepting you. They're, they're disowning you for something that's so small, so so insignificant. Like, maybe that's not a good energy to have in your life, like, as it is. So maybe you're, mm-hmm. like, learning something positive from that situation. So that's how, in general, I kind of work with sixes. It's really – and be patient – because like I said, like it's so hard. It's sometimes it's so hard, especially if you're someone like if you're an eight, you're just like, <laughs> we just got to get done. Like, just go do it. Like, just don't think about it. Like, who cares what other people think? Because that's the way you roll. Right. Um, that's not yeah. the way the sixes roll. And we we roll pretty fearlessly, too. Yeah. Like, I'm not without mm-hmm. fear, but I definitely don't have any fears around what will people think of me, mm-hmm. what they'll say to me, if they'll like cut me out of their life. I'm like, cool. I didn't need you anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. my automatic. Right. So it's, um, it's been actually a really good learning experience in just making me a better mentor and coach in general, Mm -hmm. because a six will take me down the road of, you know, these thoughts that I think a lot of people have around business, Mm -hmm. um, and around being an entrepreneur. And so it's kind of led me down. Okay. Well, what's the rabbit hole that someone could get themselves into with anxiousness around this, you know, this fear or this issue or, or taking action in this way, what's going to end up. And a lot of the conversations that we have had have been around, um, you know, what's the worst case scenario, Mm -hmm. but I really like the idea of stepwise getting them there on Mm -hmm. their own Mm -hmm. of being like, okay, well then what? Uh, Okay. It feels like preparatory. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, but you know, I just, in my mind, I, I just don't go there. I'm like, right. oh, it's going to be fine. Yeah. If I got fired, I would just go get a new job. Like, it's fine. <laughs> right. That's right. my, you know, like tomorrow I'll go get right. a new job. It's fine. It's good. We figure it out. We always do, you know, but that's <laughs> not the way a six operates. It's not. So that, I mean, that has been one of the most challenging coaching relationships that I've had. And I know I have some of my six team members who listen to this podcast. <laughs> I love you. It's not, this is not a personal or specific thing. It's just been a really interesting exercise in being patient and really meeting them where they're at, which again, mm-hmm. makes me a better mentor in the first place. Right. Um, and I just, can re- we, I really just appreciate do a series it. about all the types in coaching. Cause I, now I want to hear about all the types and what she, Oh, I'd love <laughs> mentorship. to. Yeah. Mentorship. And yeah. yeah. You know, I, even a conversation around how, how we do entrepreneurship and as each type, I think would be fascinating because yeah. I think well, there's I was- a lot of discussion around whether like, you know, each type can be an entrepreneur. And I think a job like beauty counter kind of proves that any type can be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, yeah. we'll just have different challenges. Right? Yeah. And so. I, on the flip side, I was going to say like a healthy six is going to be so they're going to have a solid business plan once they believe in it and they trust. Oh, like, they're in. They're I've in. never questioned the dedication. Yeah. They're going to have a business plan. They're going to know like they're going to have their processes in order. They're going to be and they can work a room. They're very like sociable. Like they, mm-hmm. it's like I mean, it's the two sides to every coin. We've got like the things we got to work on and the things that we're really good at. So leveraging your strengths in certain situations, the sixes have so many. So like, yeah, it's, we can, we should have a coaching. uh, That'd be amazing. (laughs) Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. All right. So moving on, we got a few more things with the six. So their unconscious childhood message is it's not okay to trust yourself. And that's where you're going to see a lot of that self-doubt. And they just don't believe they can do it, right? They they really struggle with that. Um, and then their growth path. So when a six is going to become that really integrated full in the fullness of their six, sixness is when they are seeing all of the good decisions they do make. So this is another exercise you could use, Cassie. Like write down all the good things that you have done, all the good decisions mm-hmm. that you've made. Um, they're going to g- gain that greater self-confidence in themselves. And then they're going to trust more in their ability to make like future decisions. So it's kind of like that snowball effect. Like, again, like 
kind of do it before you really believe it. Like go scared or whatever it is called. Go go ugly go early. early. Yeah, early. go ugly early. Um, <laughs> we say that a lot here. <laughs> yeah, if we can get sixes to go ugly early and they see that like the, their worst case scenario doesn't always happen. I mean, sometimes it does, but some most of the time it doesn't. They're just going to become this like force to be reckoned with in the world. And mm-hmm. working with sixes, again, this is going to go back to what you asked me, Cassie. Um, be direct and clear. Okay, like they need to trust you, listen to them carefully, and don't judge them for their anxiety. Really, really try and come Mm. from an objective place. Like this is their reality. Um, Do reassure them that everything is going to be okay, but don't be flippant about it. Just be like, oh, it's fine. Yeah, don't be patronizing, um, but do be supportive. Um, Laugh and make jokes with them. Tell them and show them how you're supporting them and that you want to support them and acknowledge that they're loyal, responsible, and they're also supportive. Does that make Mm. sense? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that was our six in a nutshell. Moving on to seven. Sevens are like listening on the other and like, woohoo, they're like throwing a party. They're ready to talk about themselves. They love being sevens, right? I've never met a seven that doesn't love everything about being a seven. Same. Yeah, except when we talk about avoidance and oh, yeah. avoid talking about Yeah, avoidance. they're like, I don't do that. Um, but yeah, That's sevens. That's not fun. <laughs> Let's just not talk about that. Um, sevens are, so their tagline is the entertaining optimist. And, um, my podcast co-host Laura is a seven and we finally like nailed that down. And it's been really fun to like learn about her and like, you know, help her with different things as she starts to realize like, you know, just life in general and relationships. So sevens are the entertaining optimist. They are spontaneous, versatile, acquisitive, and oftentimes very scattered. Their core fear is of being deprived, trapped in emotional pain, limited, bored, or missing out on something that's exciting. Their core desire is to be happy, satisfied, and content, which is totally fine, but that can deteriorate into what we call frenetic escapism, meaning they're just constantly jumping ship if Mm. they don't feel like this is fun anymore. Like this, I don't feel happy, I'm going to jump ship. And you know, a lot of us other numbers they'll be like no but you gotta see something through like you got it you can't just jump ship every time something doesn't feel good sevens would argue that that's not true (laughs) that you can in fact jump ship if it doesn't feel fun so their self-image is that they want to be seen as creative fun visionaries imaginative stylish playful and inspirational and they are Mm -hmm. for the most Mm -hmm. part all the sevens that i know are really 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 cool people um, they're and really magnetic. They're very magnetic and they have mm-hmm. the ability to be. Most sevens will want you to know, or there's some sevens out there that'll be like, but I, they don't want, so there are introverted sevens that exist. Just, mm-hmm. I want you guys to know that they're not all extroverts, um, but most of them are easily socially adaptable. So they can, like, they can be extroverted if they need to be. So just want to put that out there. Um, we see you introverted sevens. Um, <laughs> their core weakness is gluttony. So again, it's that insatiable desire to fill them up, themselves up with experiences and stimulation. And really, like that sounds so fun. But what they're doing in this weakness is they're trying to avoid emotional pain, right? So they're going to pursue a variety of positive stimulating ideas and activities. And that seems really, really fun. But what they struggle with is that they never feel truly satisfied, right? Because what they haven't learned yet is that like they have everything they need inside themselves and they don't have to seek it from experiences or people or material things. So that's their weakness. And their core longing is to really know that they're going to be taken care of. So that's our little seven intro at their best. Like I said, they're going to be fun, loving, super spontaneous, very imaginative, productive. They can get a lot of stuff done. Um, it's amazing it's amazing like my like Laura I'm just like sometimes like how is she doing all this stuff and she how like just, how I'm like in amazement my friend Danny is this way she's been on the podcast a couple of times Danny Bolts um but man, I'm just like look at what she does and I'm, I'm just like how and just like overflowing energy yes so much energy so so much energy they're so quick and confident and charming and curious they're really a lot of fun to be around um they're definitely the ones that you want out at your birthday party and just like to do life with to pick you up when you're feeling down all of those things but at their worst on the flip side they can become self-focused very impulsive um again like i mentioned they can be escapist like kind of 
don't want to go too deep if it doesn't if it feels like it's a hard conversation. They can be rebellious, distracted, superficial, manic, self-destructive, and restless. A lot of times sevens are like avid movers and like they've changed jobs several times in their lives. Not because they're not good at something, it's just because they like they're restless. They want to try something different or they want to move or they want to travel. Um, so they're kind of like those wandering, like just a rolling stone, you know? So those are our sevens that they're good and they're bad. They can have a six wing or an eight wing. And sevens with a six wing are called the entertainer. So they're going to be more loyal, very endearing. They're more responsible, very outgoing, relationship oriented, playful, childlike, and anxious. And the seven with an eight wing is actually called the realist. So they're going to be more free, passionate, loving, adventurous, strong. They're going to seek out that intensity that the eight provides. Um, They're going to be natural leaders and very quick minded and creative. So that is our sevens. I have a question yeah. for you about sevens. Yes. When, you know, we talk about health and like where health and that spectrum of where they are. If if somebody is like a seven specifically, if they're in a space of not feeling like they, they look at themselves and they're like, I don't feel like I'm a seven, but they can see that there's a lot of the negative qualities mm-hmm. that they attracted to. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you talk to somebody about specifically a seven who wants to you know jump ship like you're saying to kind of be distracted and like Mm -hmm. change how do you coach them into knowing themselves a little better and like like that's been a tough one because I'm close to a seven that very much wants more yeah but feels like they can't Mm -hmm. and I'm like oh that's tough well a seven I mean, it's hard because you really have to want to like know yourself and work on that. I would say all of us would benefit from therapy. All of us, all the numbers, everyone on the planet. But a seven, to have a dedicated safe space and time to explore feelings that are not fun um, is really important, right? Mm -hmm. So the healthiest Mm -hmm. sevens I know are in therapy. And like always in therapy. Yes. Like make it a, mm. um, make it a priority. And again, I think everyone needs therapy. I, I think yes. yeah. everyone needs therapy. But really when we're looking at a seven and they really just want to avoid negative feelings pretty much at all costs um, or avoid like introspection sometimes because it hurts seeing the negative side of us. And I think that's where therapy really someone who's trained in that like uncovering it and holding space for that is so important for a seven yeah em- emphasize trained i i know this person had a very negative experience with therapy years and years ago yeah. and now is like never ever again and i'm just like oh but i think that was a one time oh my gosh thing. you i want to say another thing about therapy you keep looking until you find a therapist that you that works for you because mm-hmm. oh my gosh i would hate i've heard this so many times people are like i went but i didn't like my therapist so i just never went again it's like oh my gosh it's like dating it's shop like ar- yeah shop around for shop around it's like what is it? swipe left or whatever like next person <laughs> like you got to find the right fit so again yeah, i would encourage yeah, sure. encourage that for sure um but awesome but on that like when a seven is healthy they're actually taking on the positive qualities of a type five which is crazy like it it seems like what but really in that space they're going to be able to to channel all of that energy and become more focused more profound they're going to place more value on wisdom value on wisdom and discipline um, and they're going to become more accepting of all of life, the good and the bad, the happy, the sad, all of it. So that's a seven in a really healthy space. Under stress, they're actually going to move to the unhealthy side of a type one. So they're going to become more perfectionistic, more critical. They're going to become cynical and very hypercritical of others in order to try and change them. And they're going to be the, the one who's like blaming other people for preventing their fun. It's like you all you always you never let me have any fun like when other people are trying to encourage them maybe to like exercise more discipline or something in whatever area um, they can kind of shift that blame back on to the other person. Interesting. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very clear. Yeah. So sevens, their unconscious childhood message was that it's not OK to depend on anyone or anything. 
And their growth path is, so again, like when a seven will become their most vibrant version of themselves is when they see that they have all the blessings that they already that they want, they already have inside of themselves. And that's going to present, produce a very like deep sense of rest and gratitude with a seven. You'll see this like Mm. almost frenetic energy still there. Like they still vibrate with energy, but it's going to be a much more calm, like sense of peace about them, about sevens when they're really, really fully integrated. Mm. Yeah. It's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah. That sounds beautiful. Yeah. I have two very healthy sevens in my life Mm -hmm. and I love these humans. They're so so great. They're so great. I'm so, I mean, just wonderful. And like the interesting part is thinking about like that. I feel like the seven for me, as I've learned about it, it's a little bit easier to see like a cascade of growth in that person because they just live life outwardly in general. Oh yeah. Um, And so like seeing them go from unhealth to health, I think is just like such a beautiful journey. Mm -hmm. And with both of my friends who this has been the case for, like I haven't seen the journey. I've just seen the health, Mm -hmm. but they've talked about like their shadow self and their past life and, and you know, what, what their past really looked like and the destruction and and who they are now. I'm just Mm like, wow, (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. night and day. And so incredible. So I feel like a lot of the sevens, everybody has their own incredible story, right? Just like we always, we talk about what we love about a type and then just remind everybody we love all types. We do. We but, do. Uh, all of the numbers but, mm-hmm. are in, in health and wellness are beautiful sight to behold. I mean, we need, we all, need of all, all of the numbers. Yes. Yeah. We need yep, all absolutely. of the numbers to, to make the so, world go around. So how can we love a seven really well? Yes. So working with a seven You want to give them companionship, affection, and freedom. So like it's don't try and like fence them in. Don't try and crush their dreams. Listen when they are telling you stories or their like grand vision or they're like dreaming big. A lot of us will be like in the back of our mind like that's there's no way that's going to happen. But we can't you never know with the seven. Their grand visions can really come true. So really just sit with them and dream with them. Um, engage with them in stimulating conversations, laugh like they love laughter and like that connection. So sit, sit in that with them, accept them the way they are without trying to change them mm. um, and be conscious that they don't like to be told what to do or restricted. Again, that goes back to that freedom, the necessity for freedom. And they really just want you to meet their enthusiasm when you can. Um, like if they come at you and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I'm going on a trip and you know, all this stuff. Um, try, try and be there with them. Even if in the back of your mind, like what, 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 what you have to work? Don't you have a job? Like just (laughs) they'll figure it out. Like they'll get down to the details and maybe they will, maybe they won't, but like, just kind of have fun with them essentially. This reminds me of the seven in my life that I adore. It's uh, Brienne Wick. She's been Mm -hmm. on the podcast before. I adore her so, so much. And we had the opportunity to go to Disneyland together. Ooh, that's a good day. <laughs> and we're both like obsessively like love Star Wars. And we got to experience it together. Star Wars land at Disneyland for the first time together. And we were like with a group of people. And we were the only ones. We were like gripping each other. We were just like. <gasps> like, we, <laughs> like we were just like. And we were the only ones that were like losing our minds. Because we're super massive geeks for it. And that was and the day that I left. Cassie's like I'm out. <laughs> Happily. But, yeah. But it was fun. She was like, I'm so glad somebody else here can enjoy this the same way I am. Like she, it was, I could tell that it was a, a beautiful moment where we enjoyed it together mm-hmm. and it was so genuine. I was like losing my mind. That is it's so like awesome. all I could do to not record the whole thing. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. That makes me so happy. Oh, she's, she's also, this is the one of the sevens I was talking about. And I feel like with Brienne, my friend Brienne, again, who's been on the podcast before, we just bring all our friends on. Yeah, this is what we do. It's amazing. Um, and then Danny as well. I feel like when I have like a healthy seven next to me, I just lean hard into that friendship and we go hard and we go fast. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's, there's a lot about friendship for me personally as an eight. Like I need someone who's going to like give me the benefit of the doubt pick up where we left off like don't be don't be like giving me a bunch of strings to this friendship I can't do that I won't do that mm-hmm. um and 
one of the things like that freedom, like give me affection, but also give me lots of freedom. Mm -hmm. And I, I need that. And so when I've, I've, it's been really interesting. This is before I ever learned about the Enneagram. I like really gravitated towards sevens for really deep friendships Mm -hmm. because we could go deep, we could go fast. And as long as we're both healthy, Mm -hmm. right. (laughs) And and we never had that attachment to one another. So if we don't text each other back right away, like nobody's mad. Mm-hmm. And it was that freedom that I really needed. And it was a, it was like having a couple of sevens in my life that actually showed me that that was what I needed in a friendship. And that I was allowed that, mm-hmm. that those people even existed because I had had so many strings attached in friendships in the past. And we have a couple of episodes on like toxic relationships and then breaking up with friends and those were some really difficult times in my life because I just thought everybody had this like crazy attachment need. And then I found people who didn't. And it just turns out that those people were sevens. (laughs) (laughs) They're wonderful human beings. They really are. I mean, again, everyone is. And uh, yeah, love me some sevens. I really do. And well, wouldn't you believe we ran out of time. (laughs) We ended up recording this episode in a part one, part two, because we have eights and nines and we have an eight and a nine recording. Cassie's an eight and Jess is a nine. So we have a lot of insight, a lot of things to talk about. And so we've got another part coming. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? So definitely stick around and check out next week's episode because it's going to be a good one. Will you tell everybody how they can find you? What's the best way to work with you with Enneagram coaching and what Enneagram coaching looks like with you? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me at my new website, Holla at www.jessgertner.com. I'm going to spell out Gertner because my maiden name used to be Johnson and it was like, I never had to spell my last name, but Gertner is G-A-E-R-T-N-E-R. And really that's where like my blog is, Enneagram coaching, like all the stuff that I do with, you know, health and wellness and everything there. You can find me at jess.holdthespace on Instagram. I'm super active there. Um, So those two places are my homes. And with the Enneagram coaching, so this is like something new I launched in 2020. I took my first coaching clients um, going into the new year and it's been so fun and so wonderful, but I know it's like it's just like a dream come true. I love it so much. And but basically, you can work with me a couple different ways. You can do one on one, and I do single sessions where it's like you want to dive into a particular aspect of the enneagram. Are you having trouble finding your number? Again, I'm not going to type you, but I'm going to ask you a lot of questions to help you type yourself. Um, so there's single sessions, and then we do I do a group session or not group. A coaching package where it's five one hour sessions and we split those up over you know however long we need to usually it's no more than one session a week because a lot of it it's like work right it's almost yeah it's like mm-hmm. self work and so I'm trial and, trial error. and error but we're <laughs> like I'm everyone is so different what everyone needs is so different and the paths we take are so different and asking a lot of questions is going to direct like where we're going with the sessions and so like for instance we I do a lot of business coaching in those five package sessions um, relational coaching like it's very varied so we're diving into the Enneagram we're diving into your number specifically and then we're actually putting into practice um, all the things of how to use that information to grow in whatever it is that you're looking to to do that in Um, and then I also do like group coaching either virtual so I can come on and you can hire me to do like a, a team building exercise or something. Or I also do on-site group coaching. So I've done a couple with like local businesses where we just go in and talk about the Enneagram, learn about each other and how to function as a team using this information. So that's, that's the Enneagram stuff that I offer in a nutshell. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Rebel Heart Radio. You can visit our website to submit a question at www.rebelheartradio.com. Or you can hop on our Instagram. You can ask us anything. We love to get to know you guys. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a review on iTunes. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode.